The San Francisco Giants took the St. Louis Cardinals 8-3 in a Saturday game at AT&T Park 10 years ago. And that was the last time my family, my dad, my older brother Trey and me, all went to a game together. I was in first grade then, and that was before I knew too much about all the different ways your life can fall apart. But still, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that most of what I believe now is because of what happened that day between me and God. The game was the first time in forever that the three of us had done anything as a family. And it was a big deal to me, because the way you hear how other families are into things like Christmas or relatives or whatever, baseball's always been the thing my family's had. I'm a pitcher. I'm expected to go out as a first-round draft pick when I graduate next year. And back then, baseball was my whole life already. I'd been lying awake in bed thinking about the game for weeks beforehand. And when the night before finally came, I knelt on my bedroom carpet and rested my forehead on my bed and asked God to give me some kind of sign. I know it's not like if you come up with the magic combination of words to pray, he'll spit out whatever crap you ask him to, like your own personal vending machine. But all week I'd put my best into my pitching, and I'd been extra careful to obey my dad. And so this was the deal I made with God. If he would give me some unmistakable sign, one that could only come from him, then I would take it as a promise that everything would be all right between my dad and Trey. It's about two and a half hours west of San Francisco from Ornette, where we live in the Central Valley. All long, flat roads where the two-leaf fog rises from the ground and pools at the bottom of the valley against the foothills, a place that back then I always thought was so safe. We drove out through the country club by our house and past the vineyards and the huge ranch homes up in the hills, past one of the giant billboards with my dad's face on it, and as orchards of almond trees flicked by outside the window, I kept watch for what might be my sign. Trey was graduating from high school that year, and the whole drive to San Francisco, my dad was teasing him about proposing to his girlfriend, Emily. Well, half teasing, because my dad always wanted them to get married. He'd said more than once that she was Trey's biggest accomplishment in life. You want a crazy way to propose? He said when we were passing through La Abra, and he'd locked the car doors and sped up. La Abra's our rival, and every year when we go there to play them, we might as well be crossing an invisible border into some third world country. Small faded homes and run-down apartments all crammed together with barred windows, dirt yards with chain-link fences and vicious-looking pit bulls, a 24-hour bail bond place. We used to stop in La Abra once in a while to eat at this place my dad liked, but then he found out the owners were illegals, and we quit going. My dad's lived here long enough to remember when La Abra was still a safe, quiet farming town full of the same kind of people you'd find in Ornette, families who've been around for generations. And he's always going on about how now La Abra's proof that we're letting the country fall apart. All I know is you couldn't pay me to walk around there after dark. This one's in the Bible, swear to God. Go bring M's dad a hundred Philistine foreskins. That's what King David did when he wanted King Saul's daughter as a wife. That's what Saul made him do. Except then David got 200. He'd winked at me in the rearview mirror and turned his eyes from the road to grin at Trey. Michael must have been a real looker, huh? In the passenger seat, Trey adjusted the headphones he was wearing. He stared out the window. When the mounting silence in the car felt too thick to breathe through, I said brightly, Huh. Good one, Dad. Good advice. 
The look my dad gave me in the rearview mirror was half warning, half plea. Don't you turn out like your brother. <laughs>